Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Check us out at comicweb.com. The Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of the old movie cliffhanger serials. You can find them on our website or just type Comic Web into iTunes and they should pop up. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. And now to our story. Convinced that someone is attempting to cause the collapse of the Metropolis University football team to prevent it from winning its final game with Southwest, Clark Kent has investigated every possible angle. As Superman, he followed the training table cook, Sam Doff, after young Jimmy Olsen had seen Doff put some medicine in the milk pitchers intended for the members of the team. But the portly cook turned out to be a false lead. Disappointed, Kent was about to give up when he received a call from editor Perry White reporting a new development. As our story continues today, Kent is back at the Daily Planet in Editor White's office. Listen. Here's a note I told you about over the phone, Kent. Read it. Okay, Mr. White. Clark Kent, you will meet me at the Cedar Crest Sanatorium at midnight tonight. I will give you some interesting information. Signed, Dr. Wilson. What's the Cedar Crest Sanatorium? Hmm. It's one of the beneficiaries under the terms of Mr. Richard's will. Where'd you get that information? I got it tonight from John Quincy, the lawyer who drew the will. I thought you told me he refused to cooperate. Oh, well, I, uh, I talked him into it. Oh, you talked him into it? Uh-huh. I don't suppose you've seen a copy of the late edition of The Planet, have you? No. Remember? It's the newspaper for which you're supposed to be working. If that's meant to be sarcastic. Well, whatever gave you that idea. Now, here. Take a look at the front page, left-hand column. Costumed burglar defies gravity. Red-caped second-story man leaps out window as police guns blaze. What is this? Go ahead, go ahead, read further. A man with wings visited Metropolis today, broke into the 14th floor offices of John Quincy, senior partner of the law firm of Quincy Gardner and Scott, forced Mr. Quincy to open his wall safe, and then amid a hail of police bullets, calmly leaped out of the open window and vanished from sight. Oh, 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 that sounds like a fairy story. Yes, doesn't it? But it isn't, Kent. There were three eyewitnesses, Quincy and two cops. Now, look, Mr. White, in the first place, anyone who jumped out a 14th floor window would have to be picked up off the ground with a vacuum cleaner. And that's what uh, has the police running around in circles, tearing their hair. That's what nobody can understand. In the second place, why would anyone break into an office dressed in a red cape and blue tights? Who said anything about blue tights? Uh, Why, I I saw it mentioned in the story. Oh. Well, maybe that kid is right. What kid? Jimmy Olsen. He says it was Superman. (laughs) Jimmy would. Well, it really doesn't matter now. This message is far more important. I'm going to keep that midnight appointment. And I'm going with you. Well, that's not at all necessary, Mr. White. You don't like to stay out late. Don't you worry about what I like or don't like. I said I'm going with you. Okay, okay, you're the boss. I wish you'd remember that more often. Hmm. Now, come on, it's 10.30. It'll take us an hour to get there. I'm ready. Uh, We'll uh, take my car. (laughs) 
happened after you brought Dorf, the cook, back to the university? Oh, everything went to pieces. Dr. Stone said the medicine Dorf was putting in the milk was vitamin B1 compound. The men on the team get a dose of it every day. Then Professor Nelson made matters worse by telling me that Dorf's son was in the children's hospital at Sharon Heights suffering from infantile paralysis. That's why he had to catch a train to visit the boy. Well, I must say you managed to mess things up beautifully. And yet, uh, you still think someone's trying to ruin the team? Yes, I, I, I can't believe the collapse of every man on the squad last week was accidental or a coincidence. Things don't happen that way. After all, any one of the three beneficiaries might be very interested in keeping the university from getting the $3 million legacy. Who are the other two besides the sanatorium? Clark, a half-brother of Richard's, and George Kane, a nephew. Clark lives out west and is independently rich. Kane, according to last reports, was working on an oil tanker. I see. And you think someone's trying to put the football team out of the commission to get hold of the money? That's what it looks like. Oh, slow up a minute. There's a sign up ahead. Cedar Crest Sanatorium, one quarter mile. Turn left here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the bird's name up here? Wilson. Dr. Wilson. He probably runs the place. Oh, that must be it. The big stone building on the hill there. I'd have to be pretty sick to come up to this deserted neck of the woods. <laughs> now, there's the driveway between those cedar trees. Yeah, I see it is. Well, here we are. What time is it? Uh, quarter to twelve. Mm, Fifteen minutes early. I don't suppose it makes any difference. No, let's go in. <laughs> Looks like a morgue more than a sanatorium. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be any bell. Oh, a knock. All right. How come Richard's named this place in his will? I don't know. Maybe he spent some time here. Maybe they pulled him through an illness. Oh, somebody's coming. Yes? Who is it? Uh, Mr. Kent, I have an appointment with Dr. Wilson. Just a moment. Come in, please. Oh, there is another gentleman with you. Yes, uh, Mr. White, the editor of my newspaper. Oh, yes. Come in. Thank you. Step this way, please. Dr. Wilson is busy at the moment, but if you will be seated here in the waiting room, I will tell him you have arrived. Mr. Kent, what is the other gentleman's name? Harry White. Thank you. Tell Dr. Wilson. All she needs is a broomstick to make her the best Halloween witch I've ever seen. What a face. She can't help her face, Mr. White. I suppose not, and I'd hate to bump into her on a dark night. Scare the living daylights out of me. Notice her eyes look like little black shoe buttons. Mm. I imagine she's the matron or manager. Here she comes. Doctor Wilson will see you in his private office. Oh, follow me, please. All right. Through this hallway. This is Doctor Wilson's office. Step inside, please. Hey, what? wait a minute! Wait a minute! She, she's locked us in. All right. This isn't an office at all. It's a bare room with two chairs. There aren't even any windows. Hey, open up. Open up, I said. Don't excite yourselves, gentlemen. Where's that voice coming from? That grill in the ceiling. There's a loudspeaker behind it. And a microphone as well, Mr. Kent. I can hear everything you say. But unfortunately, I will not be able to speak with you again until next Saturday. Saturday? What's he talking about? Both you and Mr. Kent are to be my guests until next Saturday, Mr. White. Voice, that voice, I've heard it before. Whoever you are, you're crazy. Oh, no. Just cautious. But have no fears. No harm will come to you. The room you are in is an oxygen chamber used to treat...
treat severe cases of asthma. It is soundproof and airproof. Your meals will be served you through the conveyor at the base of the wall on your right. You will be released late Saturday night. What sort of nonsense is this? It isn't nonsense, Mr. White. He plans to keep us here until after the game on Saturday, the game he wants Metropolis to lose. Precisely, Mr. Kent. You owe this temporary inconvenience to your own inquisitive nature. I warned you not to interfere, but you failed to take heed. Who are you? What's your name? You may call me Dr. Wilson. I'll call you a lot of other things before I'm through. Go right ahead. Now, look here, Just you... a minute, Mr. White. Let me talk to you. In the first place, your name isn't Dr. Wilson. In the second place, what do you hope to gain by keeping us here? You know exactly what I hope to gain, Mr. Kent. One million dollars. So, you admit you're the man behind the collapse of the Metropolis team. Why not? It's too late to do anything about it. Too late for you. There won't be 11 fighting men out on that field Saturday afternoon. There'll be 11 days groggy excuses for football players. Why, you dirty snake in the grass. That won't help you now, Mr. White. I'll break this door down. Don't waste your time. It's solid steel. Oh, if I could only get my hands on you. Yes. <laughs> if wishes were horses, beggars would ride. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I must leave you. If you wish anything, press the button to the left of the door. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> wait, wait, come back. He's gone. Mm -hmm. Now what do we do? You got me into this. Just take it easy, Mr. White. What day is this? Tuesday. No, no, wait, it's after midnight, it's Wednesday. And do you mean to say we're going to be cooped up in this dungeon till Saturday? Four days? Not on your life. Wait, give me a chance to think. That voice. I know it, but I can't place it. Oh, what's the difference? We've got to get out of here. Yeah, I'll press that button. I'll press it until the cows come home. Yeah, it rings the bell. Yes, what do you want? Open the door. Don't be a fool. Okay, then I'll keep ringing. Stop. That. Take your finger off that button. Not on your life. Then we will have to put you both to sleep for a while. What's that? Some sort of gas pouring into the room. Stop <laughs> me. Stop it. Stop it. Remember, don't press that bell button. I'm sorry, but we will. Can't stop. Don't. No, you see what you've done? Ken! The gas! It's pouring in! Ken in the head! Stop! Stop! Why is Clark Kent keeping his finger on the bell button and allowing the gas to fill the chamber? He must have some reason. But the question is, will he be too late? Has the owner of the familiar voice already left the sanatorium? And by the way, whose voice is it? Do you know? Well, don't forget to tune in next time to make sure. It looks like Clark Kent is about to solve the mystery, but there are still some exciting moments ahead. So listen in with Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. 
Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.